If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. In this episode of The Mind Pump. So look, in this episode, uh, we talk all about fitness, health, burning body fat, building muscle, looking awesome and feeling awesome. But we also talk about current events and our lives. So for the first 48 minutes, which is the intro portion of this episode, that's what we talked about. Then we got into the fitness questions. Here's what we talked about in the first 48 minutes. We talk about the chili pad and how it warms up your bed. It doesn't just cool your bed. It can also warm up your bed on cold nights. Warmy. That's right. Chili warmy. Chili pad is one of our sponsors. Now they make these awesome pads you put on your bed. Uh, they're not electric. They're powered by water. And they'll cool your bed down or warm it, warm it up depending on what you desire. They really do improve your sleep quality. Now, we have a discount for you. If you go to chilitechnology.com forward slash mind pump, so that's C-H-I-L-I technology.com forward slash mind pump, you, and use the code that's on the page, you will get a massive discount. Massive. We talked about Adam's lift yesterday, posting it on Instagram and uh, all the haters. What the hell is wrong with you guys? <laughs> Leave the old guy alone. Then we talked about old man strength workouts. I talked about how I bought chocolate almonds at Whole Foods, and they were disgusting. I'm not yeah. trying to eat a bunch of chocolate. It's I want like big chocolate. Balls. I want almonds. Uh, now the almonds that I like the most that are covered in chocolate, lightly coated, are from Skinny Dipped, and we have a discount code for you. So here's what you do: go to Skinny Dipped. Dot com that's s k i n n y d i p p e d dot com forward slash mind pump and use the code mind pump for twenty percent off. Then we talked about how Netflix uh, has a docu series on Bill Gates. That guy's an amazing philanthropist. Uh, I talked about the running revolution of the seventies and eighties. We talked about overtraining and impulse control. Did you know if you overtrain, you'll actually become more impulsive? Uh, I guess you have more one-night stands, maybe? Yeah, a lot more skinny dip. Then we talked about college football players and their pay in California. Then we get into the fitness portion of this episode. The first question, this person wants to know about lifts that help improve the bench, squat, and deadlift. So what are the other lifts that can contribute to strength gains and those very important lifts? The next question, this person wants to know what we think about Olympic lifts or explosive lifts. What is the role in your program for muscle and strength They're gains? good, but they're probably not for you. <laughs> the third question, this person has a garage uh, without any heat. They live in the Northeast. It gets cold as hell. What are the risks of training in extreme temperatures? So we talk about the, the risks, but also the benefits of training in extreme temperatures. It's kind of like Rocky IV, huh, Sal? I love that movie. Yeah. Gosh. And the final question this person wants to know what our point of view is on private school versus public school. Now, of course, we're fitness professionals, but I, you probably didn't know that we're experts on every other subject, including wow, this one. <laughs> school. People are going to love this part. Uh, so we give our opinion on, the, on that topic right there. Also, this month, you guys asked for it. You got it. The most popular program we've ever sold, MAPS Anabolic. Is 50% off. Now, MAPS Anabolic is the best overall muscle builder, strength builder, and metabolism boosting program that we offer. It's the program that we recommend most people start in. It's an exceptional program. It's digital testosterone, Sal. It gives people great results. It's a great metabolism booster if you're a female and your metabolism is a little slow and maybe because of excessive dieting. Uh, MAPS Anabolic, great program to combine with some reverse dieting to get your metabolism to speed up. Anyway, it's 50% off. 
Here's how you get the discount. Go to mapsred.com, that's M-A-P-S-R-E-D.com, and use the code RED50, R-E-D-5-0, no space, for the discount. You know what I forgot? Because we haven't had it for very long. Huh. Because it's getting colder now. I know we're in California. People listening are like, fuck you. Yeah, they totally balk at us. Hey, look, yesterday it <laughs> it's was It's real, like, everybody. It was like 60 degrees, so... You no, know what I mean? no, our my I house mean, got that's, that's like ooh. my house got really cold last night. In fact, we had a fire going last night. Did you? Are you the are you the asshole that I makes do. a fire and With has the, the windows, windows open? open yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> terrible! I I think that goes back to childhood shit. I, we talked about this yeah. off air. It's I like think you're With, camping inside. Who were we with when we were talking about this? Somebody else that grew up like a little, uh, you know, poor. Mm. What was it? <laughs> it was yeah. who? It was somebody we were talking off air. Oh, I think it was Mark Bell. I think Mark Bell and I were talking about. It. I can't remember who it was, but or you just you just were never allowed to turn on the yeah, AC or the. I had, yeah, I had the dad who would you know if you if he would set the temperature you know in the summertime it was fucking set at like seventy nine before the AC came on right so yeah. AC doesn't come on till like seventy nine degrees and in the wintertime, it didn't come on till like fifty eight the heater you know what yeah. I'm saying you just so, wear a coat yeah suffer yeah, yeah right yeah. so. I, I I literally uh, I said as soon as I got to a place where I was out of my own and I could afford to pay my own bills, that was just something I just agreed with myself. Like I'm never not going to do what I want if yeah. I want the if I want to roll my I, I do this with my truck even. Your roll house my, is constantly the perfect temperature. Yes, however yeah. I like it. You know? Yeah, screw everybody. Even if that means I want a cool breeze coming in <laughs> through the window while my fire's rolling. While you're my, baking in front of the fire. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's like my grandparents. My grandparents when we used to go to my grandparents' house, it was uh, you wear your jacket. In the house, that was a, we'd be like, it's cold, no nut, and she'd be like, go put your jacket on. Like, uh. Did I tell so you? So we'd be all wearing jackets inside the house. You know? Did I tell you about Katrina's uh, sister came over? Like I don't know, this was two, three weeks ago when the when the AC was down, and she comes over. This was right in the middle of our heat wave, right? Because that's when my AC was, of course, was down. And uh, she walks in. She wanted to come in and see Maximus. And it's like two o'clock in the afternoon on a, a weekday. I don't know why I was home. I happened to be home. I think for like lunch, real quick. And uh, she tells me that she's coming over and she comes walking in and she's got a, a, you know, parka thrown over her shoulder and she comes walking upstairs and she's, we're saying hi to Maximus. We're talking and she kind of just throws her jacket on the, over the couch and doesn't say anything. And I'm, and I'm like, yeah, it's uh it's like 90 something degrees outside. What's with the parka? Yeah. She's like, oh no, I, I, I brought it to come over here, but it's really nice in here today. I don't know why it's so nice. No, AC broke. Yeah, the AC broke. Normally <laughs> <laughs> she's wearing a parka. Yeah, I thought, I thought it was so funny that she's never said anything to me before. You know, she's just been like hella nice about it. You she's know, wearing snow clothes. Yeah. And- <laughs> she's like, oh, I'm going over Adam's house. Gotta, I got to bring. If they could invent like an AC unit that just sprayed snow in your house, you would be so happy. <laughs> oh, hey, so listen to this. So last night, so I, a uh, window opened. Fire goes out, so and I still got the windows open. So I wake up this morning at like six o'clock, like freezing. And I'm like, oh my God, which I love. I like it to be freezing cold. But I'm like, oh, perfect. It's like six in the morning. I'm going to go upstairs and go crawl in bed with Katrina and Maximus. I'm like, I, we haven't slept together in the same bed since like when, only when we travel and stuff right now. And so I go up there. And remember I told you guys uh, like the last time we talked about the chili pad that Katrina loves to run it for the the white noise. Mm, yeah. So mm-hmm. even though it's not on her side, it's on my side, she'll run it 
so the baby the baby sleeps great with it, <laughs> and I forget all about this dude. You jump in, bro! I screamed like woo! a fucking little girl. Was it freezing? <laughs> oh, it was. So I go walking upstairs, all excited because I was cold from downstairs. Like, oh, it'll be nice and warm in my room, and it was. I walk in the room, warm. Get right under the sheets. She had that shit running all night long with nobody on it at like fifty-one degrees. Yeah, it was fucking icicles. <laughs> so I was like, "This." Yeah, sucks I forgot that same fact too. It was like freezing, dude, just crawling in. Like, oh, I'm gonna get all snuggly warm. Yeah. No, it gets uh, it's so cold. Icicle. You get the the turtle balls. Where oh, fruit goes in the shell, bro. You know what I mean, so cold, Ugh. so cold. I forget how yeah. like powerful well, that thing. Well, is. Well, a lot of people don't realize that the the chili pad uh, or the Uller, both products from. Yeah, company. I have the Uller. I always call it the chili pad because I know that was their original. Product, yeah, but I have the, the Uller's got the the what is it the Bluetooth app that allows you to yeah, like change the right. temperatures throughout the night and all that stuff, but it also warms up. So because it's starting to cool, you know, get cooler, um, especially in certain parts of the country. I think like Chicago is like thirty nine oh, or thirty degrees already. It's always freezing there. Uh, you can trust you, me. You can set because here's the thing with sleep quality. There's an ideal temperature, and it, it is cool. A cool temperature will give you the best sleep. Studies will show that you have the. The deepest sleep, the most recuperative sleep, the most uh, just it's the be- less the least amount of inflammation, the best melatonin production, but it's an ideal temperature. So let's say you're cold as fuck in your house, mm-hmm. you can set your you can set your Uller or your chili pad to maintain the temperature. So if it's too hot, it'll stay it'll cool down. If it's too cold, it'll warm it up. And in some places where it's cold as shit, that's a nice little get in your bed and it's like a little toasty. Yeah, it'll be interesting to use that when it gets really cold this winter. If uh, I'm sure Katrina is going to love that, Dude, that you know, feature. It's a, it's, a, it's a game changer and, I, and I'm starting to see mattresses come with these things now built in. I think this is a thing now people are demanding. Mm-hmm. Like they want temperature, temperature controlled mattresses. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I haven't seen that it's yet. It's a big selling point. They're exploding. I think, what was it last? Was it last month that Chili Pad ran out of stock? Yeah, they oh, just yeah. got such a huge demand that yeah. they. I mean, they're all full st- fully stocked now, but they they're so popular. I yep. think a lot of people are like, oh, this this makes a big. De-. Back in the day, you know what people used to do? Hmm. They used to use um, friction. No, <laughs> that's how I got warm. <laughs> you rub, you know, rub your, your legs together real fast. <laughs> what are you doing? Just starting, a, starting a fire between yeah, your legs. Yeah, exactly. You gotta no, get warm. No, they used uh, they're called water bottles, but they're not like a water bottle like we know. Do you, do you ever watch the video of Franco Colombo? And pumping iron, blowing up the the hot rot water bottle bottle with his lungs. He's blowing it up and it oh, explodes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? They're like the thi- the old like school. Rubber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, old. By the way, that's a very <clears throat> very dangerous feat of strength. A lot of people don't realize this, but old strongmen back in the day, it was a common uh, act. It was a feat of strength where they would take they're thick rubber. These thick rubber, they're called water bottles. And uh, to blow them up requires something like the old school ones require. I don't know how many hundreds or thousand pounds of of pressure. So, what, what did you use these things for, right here? So that you would fill them up with hot water, and you would put them in your bed to make really? yourself mm-hmm, to I make yourself warm. That. Yeah, that's yeah. what they used to do. Or you would fill them up with ice, you know, or ice water or whatever. They're basically used for temperature, but warm uh, heat is a lot of times what they would would use them for. But anyway, it was. I mean, a, does I, would it work or would it just be warm around the bottle? Well, it's not. It's not a chili pad. But it's, you know, <laughs> yeah, this is like this the, old. Tech. This is like the poor man's chili pad. Yeah, back this is the, old tech, bro. You're talking like turn of the century. Yeah, like twelve water bottles in your bed. Yeah. Just like, yeah. like that, well, no, people would put it around. My grandfather used to put it. Uh, he used to have them in his bed. He used to tell me stories. He put them by his feet, one by his feet. 
and then one by his upper body because they didn't have, you know, they had no heater. I guess, in the house. I guess if you had like down sheets, right, and you had it down by your feet, it would kind of warm up the They blood. would put him in the bed before going to bed. Oh, okay. And then you would go into bed and then you'd get in and the bed would be warm. I've never seen it. I'd never had a family mm. member that had that. Have yeah. you, Justin? Did you know this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, well, I've, I've seen these before. Yeah. Don't yeah. fucking lie. You've I'm never serious. Seen these I have. <laughs> yeah, just. Dude, my I've never heard you talk about these. My parents had these. Really? Dude. Yeah. Wow, I feel yeah. so out of the loop right now. Yeah. So they're old. You it's remember like, this, this is like rich technology. Old tech, like, dude. Yeah, yeah. No, it's very old. Dude. My, yeah. my family it's like depression era shit yeah. right here. It is. You don't remember seeing cartoons where they use these things and whatever? No. So I any, do know that I've seen these guys blow these up and making them explode, yes. but I never really thought about them. Like, so what are they this for? is true now. There was they had to put out a warning because people were attempting to blow these things up because they would see strong men doing it. And it's dangerous because once it starts to expand, it would it's so strong because it's thick rubber that if it blew the air back into your lungs, people would get ruptured lungs yeah. from trying to do this. So they actually had to put out a warning and said, don't attempt to blow one of these things up. It's dangerous because if the air rushes back in, you could cause yourself some Look at some you coming problems. with the random facts today. Yeah, isn't that cool? Yeah. That is you cool. Want, you want to know some other old school tech? So, so speaking of my – so when I go to Sicily, I see all this shit. Uh, I used to see all this stuff when I was like 12 because they were poor and but you know people here in, in America were past all the stuff my grandparents like my grandparents didn't get a phone till I think 1993 so when we would, when we would call them like a house phone yeah I didn't have a phone oh wow so in order to call them maybe 1990 uh, they would we would schedule a time and then they'd go to a friend's house and then we'd call over there oh, wow. and they'd give them money <laughs> that's you know. crazy no they way. didn't have an indoor bathroom till my dad was <laughs> I want to say my dad was 17. Then, oh, wow. then they had an indoor the outhouse and everything all set up outside. One. Wow. Yeah, with six kids, one bathroom outside. Wow. Yeah, and they had the chamber pot underneath the bed. Yeah. So you just get to take a piss in the middle of the night. You just psh, pee in there. Yeah, I know. But so you know what she, my grandma used to iron clothes? The old school irons were these, uh, they were made out of iron mm-hmm. and you put hot coals in it. Oh, hot coals. You put hot coals in it. I've never seen it. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And wow. then, you, then you close it and then you'd iron clothes and it'd make fucking smoke and shit. And you'd. <laughs> Oh my! That sounds my, super dangerous. My, <laughs> Holy shit! My shirt is pressed, but I smell like a barbecue. Yeah. Ah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. That's what they used to do. Let's cook crazy. a steak yeah. on it. That's yeah, crazy. Dude. I saw you doing some uh, some some heavyish lifts. Yeah, yes, some sir. some almost Ish. almost strong lifts. Well, that's what you put on your, uh, on your story. <laughs> yeah. Don't you love uh, posting a good exercise video? And you know, I getting all, people to contribute. Every time I post, I rem- I remember why I don't post so much of exercise stuff. You know, because, well, one, I'm not I. It's, I, I, I do it every once in a while just so people know that I still lift, right? So they know they, this fitness guy, he's got an Instagram. We don't have any exercise. Going. <laughs> yeah. So every once in a while, I'll throw something in there. Oh, by the way, just so you know, I still lift, lift weights, right? But what, it drives me crazy, dude, because there's always some fucking tool on there that wants to come in and like tell me how to fucking lift weights. Really? Yeah. yeah. And I just what, did, what were you doing? Deadlift every time. What would you do that you uh, could get a comment on? It's always something, dude. You know, oh, your lips, your hips are coming. Your hand too, position is yeah, off. Yeah, by like your hands, degrees. your hands, your straps, your hips, yeah. your fucking face. Your you elbow was a little <laughs> bit bent. You <laughs> really whatever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, it's not that bad. So it's re- it real for the most part. I think we have a, a a really good audience, and we don't get a lot of trolls. I think most trolls know better. Oh, well, they're, they're there, uh, bro. I, I got, yeah. I get, I still get them. I did a post on my Instagram. I think the ones that are annoying to me. Are actually, the ones that think that they're be they're contributing good good input. That's, what, that's like what, they're super. Like if you're just smart. trolling me hard, like come get it. You know what I'm saying? Because then yeah. I'll fire back at you. Yeah. But some people are like, hey, I just I want to be nice about this, but uh, your form looks really, really shitty. Like you guys, <laughs> it's like, but 
oh, I gotta be honest, I have to say something. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's you like, feel compelled to say something. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, or, by all means. Or they'll ask a question, but it's actually a comment. Like, yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, why do yeah, you? Yeah, is like- there a reason why your your hips shift to the left? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just want I just want to know yeah. if that's uh, like. I know a you're trying to like justify this because <laughs> yeah. you posted it, you know. Yeah. No, so I got, be careful about how yeah. I say Fuck this. Fuck you guys. Yeah. I had a, I posted a picture on the actual on my actual main page of it was just we went when we were working out up in uh, I think it was Seattle before one of our events and it's a cool picture I'm doing curls and I think you can see the dumbbell it's at 35 pounds or something like that you screwed up curls yeah, dude I know <laughs> no <laughs> oh some, my god some dude underneath is like yo you're, you're making that face but it's, you know it's only 35 pounds and I'm like oh <laughs> <laughs> is it really that hard yeah, and, like, and, I, and I wrote underneath them I'm like dude it's fucking it's curls like nobody cares there's certain exercises that matter curls yeah. is not one of them nobody it's weird because everything for me like yeah. that is easy yeah. I, now, so I, I make this face so I was I was uh, reading bodybuilding magazines real young 15 16 years old and I remember doing that to bodybuilders I'd see the pros and they do posing pictures, you know, what they get with a, you know, forty pound dumbbell. Be like, dang man, he's he's not that strong for it. Not realizing yeah. that it's a fucking picture, right. like yeah. they're just posing for it or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I had a good uh, workout this uh, <coughs> this morning. Got up real early and um, hit my garage. I haven't worked out in my garage for at least a week. And uh, put on a little classic rock. It's cold as shit. Chalk. And uh, every once in a while, I get that old man rage. You know what I mean? That yeah. old man, like, I'm going to fucking break some shit. Yeah. And uh, luckily, it wasn't myself. I didn't break oh, myself. Good. So I feel good. Directed <laughs> so, that to the weights. Yeah. Did my post-workout uh, eight, eight, nine egg yolk meal with the cholesterol mm. just to freak everybody out. So, yeah, it's a good time, man. Good yeah. workouts. How's your training been, Justin? Good. Yeah, I've been I've been getting a little angry myself lately. I think uh, it's good. It's a good outlet for me. That's the thing. Okay. So where I, are you lifting most of the time right now? Mainly at my house. Oh, okay. Yeah, I actually just got that membership over at the uh, club sport though too to kind of get my steam time in. You know, it's, <laughs> that's, that's like an important feature for me these days. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's just I've accepted that. Uh, but yeah, no, I. I have been a little tense, uh, you know, the, the last few weeks. And, and so I just remember the old go-to is to just go start, you know, getting after it. You know, <laughs> let's expend this, this, uh, this unrest, you know, on the weights. Because, I mean, that's why I always liked football. I always liked the contact sports. I always liked I, – I tried Muay Thai out, you know, these types of things because it's just – it brings me that 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 peace again because I do have like spells where it's just like, man, I what, where's this coming from? And it, it it just builds up inside me, and then I have to like, you know, have a healthy outlet for that. <laughs> so thank God for weights. I feel like Justin's gonna be the, the like the the biggest asshole old man. You know what I mean? <laughs> When yeah. he's like seventy or eighty, yeah, it'll it'll probably set in. You know why? Because when because around that age, he'll get he'll be at a place where he doesn't hold anything anymore. And he just doesn't give. Fuck. Yeah, look, I mean, he's like, he like he's he's constantly struggling to maintain that that keep it in. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 It's yeah. like I'm, I'm with I have this whole facade I'm yeah. presenting to everybody. When he's seventy five, yeah. he's like, I ain't got time to go lift no heavy ass weight. I'm just gonna be a dick. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be easier. Yeah, I just gonna yell at people. That that'll back throwing him shit at people through yeah. the car window and all that stuff. Uh, oh, yeah, anyway, get out of here. Yeah, I so yesterday I went. To Whole Foods, and I ran out of skinny dipped almonds at home, and I'm like, I want some fucking chocolate almonds. And I thought, well, Whole Foods should have, you know, they should have good options. It's Whole Foods. They do, don't they? They have chocolate almonds, but it's like, it's first of all, it's like sh- you know, shiny chocolate. So it's like, you know, oh, what I'm talking yeah. about where it's kind of smooth chocolate. It's yeah. a lot of chocolate 
Not very much almond, at least in comparison to. Did Skeeter you Dip. look at the back to see what their what their number? No, was? it wasn't their bulk <laughs> section. So I actually had oh, I scooped it in. Yeah, I actually had a few free ones before I decided to <laughs> fucking forget it because they're just it's candy. Yeah, I'm not. I don't want a chocolate ball yeah. with a little tiny almond. Yeah, dude, I'm not trying to eat a big a bunch of chocolate. I yeah. want almonds with some a little bit of chocolate hint or whatever. And it just reminds me of why Skinny Dip is destroying everybody right now in that. In I that see market. them popping up everywhere. They were they were in Nordstrom's rack. I seen them in Target. Wait, they, Nordstrom's rack? Yeah, weird. I was I was in line. I was picking some shoes up or something, and I was in line at Nordstrom's rack. And sure as shit, they're skinny dipped in there. So they're all over the place. Oh, and I got to thank you guys. Places. Every time we do these live events, people are just like, oh, you're going to go you know, steal some skinny dip almonds and, <laughs> you know, here? And they like like flaunt them at me like, oh, you want some of mine? They feed you like an animal at a zoo. Fat ass here. You want some of this? <laughs> That, that's all your guys' fault. By the you way. Should, that's I can't you. wait till we start going to some of these videos and people are throwing like skinny almonds and <laughs> just melting yeah, yeah, with yeah. them. <laughs> I do love them though. It's like ah, what do you want from me? Yeah, how dare you blame that yeah. on us? That's your fault. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You always talk about it. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Don't eat them all. What the hell. Hey, all did right. you guys see? Um, have you guys watched uh, the um, docu series on Bill Gates yet on Netflix? I've seen uh, the first, first episode. episode. Me too. You too? Yeah. Really good. Yeah. 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 Really good. Dude, that guy's a. Uh, um, a brilliant fucker. He, he's, oh, learn about his mom too. He said really something that, like, uh, you know, ironically made me feel really guilty about watching the documentary. And he was talking about I can't remember what happens. You guys remember when you guys watch it? But I mean, basically, he refers to like almost anything else that he does with his time. If he's not building something, creating something, spending time with family or something like that, like all other things fall in the category of distraction. Mm. And I thought that was like crazy. Like that, that that that's the way his brain works. Is like, oh, for the first time, something happened where he was like stressed or something happened. It was like for the first time in his life, he went and did something that was just to create distraction, to so he didn't have mm -hmm. to think about what was going on. The rest of the time, he's like focused on learning or creating something or doing something. And I found that really fascinating. He also does something that I thought's really cool, and he's done this for decades now, where one week out of the year, he has this fucking little tiny little shithole cabin out in the middle of nowhere that he does seven days of silence by, wow. by himself. He goes he goes up Man, there. That's so smart. He packs up like 20, 30 books that he wants to read. And it's, he's a voracious reader. And then it's he's a, crazy yeah, oh yeah, that. crazy. Wow. And it's it's literally like, it's nothing. There's the, the amenities in the cabin, you can say are just like the bare amenities that he has. And he sits at this little desk with a little window, like facing like, I think the, it looks like, I think there's a, I think there's a lake out there. I can't remember. But just, you know, it looks like Tahoe or something like that, but no one around him. And he spends seven days by him. And he's been doing this for, for decades. And it's like a scheduled thing every year. That's his, his time to really think well, deep. Here, here's, huh. the, here's the crazy thing about Bill Gates is he was so successful. Because um, people, I think a lot of people realize that Bill Gates, Bill and Melinda, his wife, are two of the biggest philanthropists of all of history. Uh, they, they've, oh, yeah. they've donated more money um, than I think almost anybody else ever. And, uh, just, like combined, bro. Just in, insane yeah. amounts uh, of money. And and that's all because he did such a damn good job um, in with, with his, his business. Yeah, yeah, so like capitalism led to, because uh, people, are, ah, you know, that led to Bill and Melinda Gates, who now have combined, you ready for this? You know how much they've donated uh, total with oh, their foundation? Dude, billions. 50 yeah. billion dollars. Yeah. 
Him and him and Warren Buffett are like really good friends. And yes, yeah. What they've done, what they've done is incredible. Oh, it's insane. They've they've seen. It's, it's, it blows my mind that we 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 look at people like that or say you know we we demonize them because of yeah. how much money oh, they the make one percent or, or whatever. But yeah, look at what that can do. Right. You know, for the good. Oh, like, it's crazy. His 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 organization alone is responsible for solving big problems in, in parts of the world where there are major issues. I watched you watch the one where they're trying to figure out um, I watched them all. the sewer system yeah, or whatever. Yeah, no, it's, it's mm -hmm. unbelievable. Yeah, like and they they put up a lot of money to try and get people to and I didn't realize that was that big of a problem that yeah. it was causing oh, that yeah. many Yeah, I know, you know that that makes perfect sense and it was great to see everybody innovate in that direction at the same time. That was all led by him. Yeah. Well, the crazy part is that when you think about how much money it costs to figure that out like had he not done that, nobody would. Nobody's done that. gonna do. No. It. None of the engineers. It's too that, big a project yeah, to tackle. All these, all the, the 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 engineering minds that it took to create that are so valuable doing other things in the world that it would they would never stop to try and work mm -hmm. on some project that they don't even know for sure they can solve unless he funded it like that. I yeah. think this is why I get so irritated with everybody being so divisive and so extreme is because when you were organized towards, you know, a centralized goal for good in, in, you know, philanthropy work, like solving a massive issue, like it's cancer, it's polio, it's whatever it is, you get all the brightest minds together collectively, you know, you pull in, obviously you need a lot of resources, yeah. Yeah. You, you know, and so it's like, why not, you know, push our, our our leaders in that direction instead of like well I don't I don't like you know what he says about this thing and that and the other and bullshit it's like we just get stuck in, in yeah. the quagmire I mean and for me when I see stuff like that I just uh I admire the sense of purpose you know here's a man who for all intents and purposes could have you mean obviously easily just told everybody I'm done I'm out and just lived his life quietly he's got way more money than he could ever spend if even if he tried and here he is working <clears throat> Probably more um, than he did before. He's puts more time and effort uh, and, and stress on himself because he's driven uh, by this purpose uh, to help people. I, I think it's so. I really hope one day, you know, I could get, get to that point where I, I I've done whatever I need to do, and I could say, oh, cool. Like now, I can pick something just for the sake of it and say, okay, I want to fix that or I want to help that. Oh, Doesn't matter if it, you know, to be in that place would be a cool place to be. Totally cool. Yeah. Anyway, speaking of uh, documentaries and stuff, I was doing some some reading um, on like fitness through the decades um, and something that I've known about, um, but I've done more reading on um, recently in, in particular was the running revolution um, that happened in the U.S. in the '70s and '80s. Um, and a lot of people aren't, aren't, aren't don't realize that that uh, before. The 70s and 80s, um, you know, people would run for exercise, but it wasn't like a thing. You know what I mean? It wasn't like a big deal. You didn't go outside and see. Yeah, you saw it on Anchorman. He's like, everybody's jogging now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've, heard, I've heard them try and connect it to cocaine because of the 70s no, and 80s. No. I have. I've heard, pe I've heard people try and connect that. <laughs> yeah. Such a logical because, uh, no, side effect yeah. of cocaine. You know, well, because it's, it, it's all this energy. not so much the side effect from cocaine, but from people that are trying not to do cocaine all the time, and that becomes like an outlet because it, it stimulates a similar part of the brain <laughs> as as cocaine does, uh, and it happened in the 70s and 80s like that. No, that's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. I've never heard that theory. Yeah, yeah, no, I can't remember theory. where I read that a long time ago, but it made me laugh when I said that. It's like, oh, that's yeah. hilarious. No, no. <laughs> no, but so in the, the 70, in 1977, there was a book that was published. And I, I, I got it written down. I'll pull up the name of it. It was like um, the runners. Uh, what was it? The, oh, it was the complete guide, the complete book of running um, and by James uh, Jim Fix. 
1977. So this book comes out and becomes a a bestseller, and it ushered in a running revolution where something like between between 1977 to like 1985 or something like that, estimated 25 to 35 million Americans just took up running because of this 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 trend that was happening. It became cool. So it's like one of the first big fitness trends that kind of started happening uh, yeah. happened right around then. And you had the explosion of running shoe companies that were, you know, these shoe companies were not that big of a deal. And now all of a sudden you had Saucony and all these other companies that were specialized that specialized in running shoes. And people were just picking them up and I'm going to go out and I'm going to start jogging. It was like the way to work out in the 70s and 80s. And I foresee another revolution on the brink now, which I think is resistance training. I think we're, we're primed for a similar kind of mass uh, acceptance or Oh, appeal. that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I agree with that. Uh, oh, I do. Yeah. I mean, I hope you're right. I mm-hmm. mean, I hope you're right. It's good for us if, if you're right. But uh, I, I think there's something about like the things that are really easy, right? Like to get out and just go throw some headphones on and a pair of sneakers on and go run. You could have terrible form. Anybody can do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anybody can do it. And so the low, low, low barrier to entry I think low, matter yeah low skill. Yeah, I think that really I think that really matters when things like that go viral or things go turn out being like this sensation that millions of people yeah. are doing it. And That's my, why I saw like aerobics like really followed that right after it. Everybody yes. just like in their home and doing things step leotards. aerobics became yeah. huge. Yoga at one point mm-hmm. became super popular and exploded like that. Like it I, did. I, and I yoga feel- and yoga is also complex and requires an instructor a lot of times. I think resistance training in different forms, I think we're poised for an explosion, a revolution. Mm. It's it's almost there. Like for the first time ever, you see now women entering the weight room like you, never before. In did, fact, yeah. they make up probably half of totally. the people. Did either, I know you didn't. Did you watch Monday Night Football this weekend or this week? Or no? <laughs> I like how you see no, I didn't. I know, I know you did. How do you so, know I didn't watch it? Yeah, it's just huh? no, unless it was on Let the TV. You, so. and I've been adamant about watching Sundays especially. Doug, look up maybe on YouTube. Look up a uh, Mirror uh, commercial. So I so we talked about uh, these these companies, right? Mirror and Tonal are the two brands that I'm familiar with mm-hmm. uh, with the uh, wall trainer trainer. Yeah. Oh uh-huh. right. I tell you what, Mirror's commercial was pretty fucking cool. Was it? Yeah, they did a pretty good job. Like uh, I I was not impressed with the original launch of both these brands. I thought mm, we'll see. Uh, but man, I saw I saw it advertised on Monday Night Football, so they definitely well, spent a, a pretty penny. I think there's it. something there, mainly because of what Peloton opened up. And that's that's ma- yeah, and that's mainly because it's like, okay, we have the technology now to create the experience. Everybody wants the experience, and that's something that, uh, you know, you go into an orange theory, you go into like a, you know, one of these like uh, soul cycles or whatever. Like that, that's been the big way it's gone viral, and now they're trying to re- they can recreate that by by presenting these streaming classes like in front of them doing something simple. Yeah, yeah I want you guys to, I know Doug hates when we watch things in the middle of the show, but I want you guys to watch it because I want to comment and talk about it because uh, they they did a good job of like uh, connecting too, like to your friends, <clears throat> your friends and making it interactive. So uh, at least the commercial to me uh, did a good a good job in comparison to when they launched when they launched. Yeah. 
That's a big benefit, by the way. If you can get, if you can pull in friends, community oh with God. what you're doing. I mean, that, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like that was the the selling part for me. And when I was watching, I was like, oh, okay, this is smart. Like if I can reach out and I can compete with friends, or I can just that's like Peloton. That's why Peloton I feel like did so well is because you they still even though you're in your home by yourself, they found a way to create that community aspect. And I think they're trying to do the same thing with this. So we'll see. It makes a huge difference. I mean, it was, it was, I'd say, a good, I don't know, majority of the success of CrossFit was that they took weights and they turned it into a freaking group class, basically. Yeah. That whole environment. Um, and the group classes always do well at getting people going when it comes to fitness because of that social component. So I think that's a very smart, um, it's a very smart place to, to invest your money, I guess, in fitness. The only problem I have with it is it's so fad-based, you know, yeah. that is it going to really make a long-term impact? Yeah, Doug, look up uh, Mirror mere Workout Commercial, So, and it should pop up. How do you spell Mirror? Like a mirror. Oh, Mirror. M-I-R-R-O-R-O. Wow, look at that. That is so cool, though. I know, it's very cool. It's like a big-ass iPad. Yeah. You know what? If they if they have a porn app on that, I mean, that thing will sell like Ugh. crazy. Yeah, just she's it. <laughs> <laughs> Dirty thoughts. Yoga, cardio, strength training, all in it. Wow. I mean, it's cool. How much does it cost? Look at it. Take a selfie, so you Take like like selfie? on Instagram, where wow. you do you keep your updated photos. Oh God, that's a clean UI they got. It's expensive, I'm assuming. Um, yeah, I bet it's like even more expensive than Peloton. I'm gonna guess. And Peloton's ridiculously expensive. Dude, the future is weird. It what is. do they run, Doug? Do you know what the, does it show in there? Let me, uh, let me find out. I I don't know. I just that's actually kind of interesting. Looks like no, it's very It looks super clean. Right? The UI looks badass. Oh, yeah. I think it's brilliant. Okay? What does everybody do now on Instagram? You start your workout and you, you tell start, everybody and you take pictures. You got to tell 1400 I'm checking in. Huh? You guys want to know? Yeah, 1500 bucks. I mean, the price point, look, when it comes to tech, people are willing to spend that much money. Yeah, that's actually not as much as I thought. Now, now here's where the, the fucking old school trainer in me is. It's like, okay, 1500 bucks. You can get a sick-ass fucking gym in your house. Right. For that much money, or you could go to a gym at down the street and pay you know fifty bucks a month. Yeah, but then it's just gonna sit there and they can put clothes on it. People yeah. want to know what to do, yeah. and I think that's the problem they're solving with that. Well, yeah. the, the 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 knock that I have right now is that it's you you don't have any squat racks, you don't have a barbell, you don't have like it's, it's all body weight it's stuff. all body weight and all dumbbell. Yeah, stuff. you're only gonna get so far. Yeah, so that's yeah. the that's. But the, you know that being said, that right. being said, doesn't mean you can't have a great. I like workout. I like yeah. the Nintendo workout better than some of that. Yeah, but that but, oh really? Really? Yeah, just only because it's it's body weight too, but it's it's huh. incentivizing. Yeah, exactly. It's more fun. Well, that being said, um, for the average person, body weight resistance training or para dumbbell, sure they're not going to be hitting PRs and, and you know doing crazy but are they going to get dramatic improvements in their strength and metabolism and yeah but nowhere at the same speed as somebody who would. No, of course not. Yeah. But again, when you're trying trying to take resistance training and make it Yeah, mainstream. but what does everybody want? Everybody wants results and as fast as you possibly can. If you want results and you want them as fast as you can. So I had this somebody came up to me, one of, a trainer from uh when we were at our last live event and she's like telling me like, you know, Adam, I have this lady who she doesn't have barbells. She doesn't have this. She doesn't have that. 
Uh, she can only go to the gym one day a week. And then the other two days she can be at home doing body weight type stuff. And she goes, can, can I still, uh, you know, help her and build, you know, build muscle. She wants to build muscle and be mm. strong. And mm-hmm. that. I said, absolutely. Uh, she can, but you also need to be re- realistic with your clients. Like I think a mistake that I think sometimes trainers make is, you know, of course they just want the client. And so they're like, yeah, I could do it. Mm-hmm. And you can, but I think it's important to communicate to clients too, that the, the goals that they have, because here, here's what I would do all the time. Here's what I can do. I can only train one day a week inside the gym. The rest of the time I can do body. I can do two days a week, body weight stuff. Um, and then they'd be like to have this vision of the, the, this physique that they want to look. And then they would also be like, and I want to get there as fast as possible. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well we could do this. We could definitely build a physique. Now, will it look just like this person you're showing me right now? Wow. Well, they definitely look like they lift a lot of, a lot of weight, <laughs> you right. know, very consistently. Like you, you got to be realistic with what, what they're trying to, what they're trying to accomplish in the time they're trying to accomplish. It. So this is, a, so I have, I have a story on this. So I used to tell this to clients because I had an experience years ago with uh, another client of mine who was going to get her gallbladder <laughs> removed. And she knew that I trained a lot of surgeons. So she says, Hey, can you check on Dr. So-and-so and see if he's a good doctor? Because that's the guy who's slotted to remove my gallbladder. So I asked all my other surgeon clients cause they all worked at the same hospital and I could tell they didn't want to talk shit, you know? So, you know what they said to me? Mm. They said, oh, um, I said, you know, is, is Dr. So-and-so good? One of my clients wants, needs to get her gallbladder removed. And they go, oh, um, well, he's actually one of the fastest surgeons. So I said, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I told her, I said, he's really fast. So imagine if you went to a surgeon and you said, hey, I want, I need this heart surgery. And the doctor's like, no problem. I'm the fastest heart surgeon around. I'll get it done faster than Fuck no, I don't want to work with you. <laughs> yeah. I want to work with the guy or girl who's going to do it the right way. Same thing with training. You know, Do you want to lose weight the fastest way or do you want to do it the right way? Because doing it the wrong way means it's not going to be as effective. It's going to come back and then some at some point. It's going to feel like shit. You're not going to have long-term success. Why not do it the right way? And this attitude leads to actually leads great to this next uh, this next study I was going to bring up. Uh, people's attitudes towards speeding up their progress typically leads to behaviors that contribute to overtraining. Mm-hmm. Right? They mm-hmm. they just they overwork. They think, okay, I'm getting yeah. started. I need to lose 20 pounds. I know more I, means more results. Yeah, I think yeah. I'm gonna work out every day. Yeah. You know, I'm gonna go super hard every day because that's gonna make it make it happen faster and more effectively. Um, the truth is, we've talked about this time and time again, not true. Uh, the right dose is the best dose. More than that is not optimal and will actually slow your progress down and, and decrease the likelihood that you have long-term success. But besides that, they found that in the brain, they did a study on on overtraining and they took some athletes and they overworked the shit out of them. And then they had them do tests to test their impulsi- impulsivity. Mm. So they would do a test where they'd say, would you rather have- I'm sure that increased. Oh, yeah. They're impul- they were so much more impulsive. So they yeah. do tests like, do you, would you like $10 now or 50 bucks three months from now? Or, you know, uh, you know, the old study, eat the one marshmallow now or the three later. They had them, you know, they, they looked at their food choices. They looked at their choices with alcohol and stuff. And they found that the more overtrained the athletes were, the worse their impulsivity was. Wow, that's that's so interesting because there was also, like, I, I remember seeing another study about, like, uh, traumatic brain injuries and how uh, that affected that impulsivity. Like, it, it went through the roof, like, in terms of, like, risky behavior, in terms of, you know, decisions where, yeah, they were eating uh, more junk food and, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so this part of the brain gets fatigued 
when mm. you're super uh, super overtrained. What the, the more the, the side that makes you think logically? Yes, the yeah. part of the brain that is the filter. I can't remember where they said it was, but was the filter for these impulsive uh, tendencies. Your brain gets fatigued. What a so, trip! Of course, yeah, right? I know, right? Yeah, it's part of the central nervous system. Nobody talks about that. So, so then, so now think about it this way: Here you are, you're a person, you're trying to get fit. You're fucking training. You're overdoing it because you think it's going get, to get you there faster. Not only does it now not get you there faster because you're not training properly, but now how do you think your diet, how hard is it going to be for you to eat right mm-hmm. when you're overtrained and you want to fucking choose the the donut for breakfast or the wow. extra slice of pizza? Wow. Have you so guys experienced just, this when yeah, you're overdoing so it? Yeah, so it just promotes that restrict binge, which it speaks to probably why so many competitors, because I remember one of the things when we were when I was competing – how many competitors overtrain? Mm-hmm. I mean that—that's just the formula. What they all, most of them, are really good at is the discipline of restricting for a period of time and training like a fucking madman. You know, they just—I'm gonna fucking go in there, do cardio twice a day, train every day for an hour and a half. Like, and I have this discipline to have tilapia and fucking rice and right. and and broccoli for fucking. Five Meanwhile, their impulsivity <clears throat> urges like like increase substantially, but they're fighting it. Right, which yeah. it, you know, and that was to me what I saw. What, what I saw was you know you know, and kudos to them that they have the ability to have this discipline for three months or four months at a time. But this explains a lot of why most of them all binge hard afterwards because it's an exp- it's an eruption. Uh-huh. It's like you were you were you were burning the candle at both ends for so long, and it speaks to the study you're talking about, Sal, too. And that 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 part of the brain's probably so fatigued once you get done with that show, fuck it, and you just go bananas. It's yeah. not, all walls are down. Yeah, it's not unheard of for a, a girl, a female competitor, to gain twenty to thirty pounds in like a few weeks. Not even a few weeks. So first week, yeah. Oh yeah. Some wow. of them in a week. Yeah. yeah Could crazy. you imagine? You know, and say, like think about the, the, what it, that does to your body. And we know we have studies now that show that not only does your body gain that body fat back, but then it tries to improve its ability to store calories. So you actually add fat cells. Well, the part that I thought so was you're making it worse. Remember when we talked with Lane, and Lane was talking about that that we found too that that's the worst time to do. That's that. That's what I was just saying. Yeah, you're most you are you're most vulnerable at that time, and your body puts on way more body fat that you don't get rid of. You add fat cells, and getting rid of fat cells, you basically don't. So yeah. now you've you've increased your capability or your capacity mm-hmm. or your efficiency at storing calories. So now not only did you get fat fast, but now your ability to get fat it just got better. Yeah. So you've just made your. This is why harder. too we uh, we see in the competitive world too. I think why a lot of competitors struggle show two show three show four show five like every time like if, if you're a competitor listening you've probably experienced this where it was it's harder to get as lean as you were last time mm-hmm. you know following the same stuff you know i don't know how many times i talked to peers that it would be like man i don't fucking get it this time and they they I'm have doing a, exactly what i did last I forget time. they have a term for it that they use it's yes a, it's, a, it's a bro term yes yes if you I, know i'm trying to think like burnout show yeah. show bur- i don't remember and a, and a lot of a lot of them will just like take off a, a, a season or a half a season because they're they're getting this whatever this term is mm-hmm. but that's what it really is is that you've you have you've con- you've continued to do this cut really hard then binge cut really hard then binge and of course well, think it's about harder. it your body does not want to get that lean uh, at all it fights it and so in order to get that lean you do extreme you take extreme measures oftentimes taking drugs to help your body uh, lots of cardio severe calorie restriction and if you do this repeatedly your body because it doesn't want to get that lean, it gets better at not getting that lean. Mm-hmm. So think about that, right? right? Your body literally is like, okay, this is happening to us. Uh, we need to get better at fat storage because this person's going through these right. you know, these these periods of starvation. 
We're going to become more and more efficient each time. Oh, and it looks like after these periods of starvation, we get this abundance of food. Let's improve our ability to store that fat or that, those calories so that next time, because we know this person is going to starve again, they're not going to get, uh, they're not going to be in such a precarious uh, position. So you end up literally training your, it's what you do. You're training your body to, to get to become fatter easier and to get leaner harder. And, and my my theory my theory is is the harder you do that, the more extreme you are, the the more the body re, re, rejects or re, re, responds to that, right? Totally. So, yeah, the harder you you restrict, the more it's like, okay, we definitely need to hold on to this shit, which is why I think you the they're, the biggest mistake they make is not trying to be on that, which is why I would always say the fucking, you know, what I've said a million times on this show, it's like my goal is always to do the least amount possible to elicit the most amount of change because of that exact reason. Mm -hmm. Body's always trying to adapt. I show it extreme one way, it's going to try and adapt extreme the other way to mm -hmm. counter the next time I fucking restrict all that mm -hmm, stuff. Mm -hmm. So the last thing I want to do is go to those extreme limits because I'm only making it that much harder for myself down mm -hmm. the road. And those and those are long-lasting effects. Yeah. It's not like, oh, I just did it, you know, last month, I'll, I'll bounce back in a month or two. Some people it could take as long as years. So, mm. you know, be very careful if you if you enter into that space. Anyway, what was the big hubbub about this college football players oh, yeah. in California? You see Gavin Newsom I don't have this. So I just saw this, Justin. I didn't get a chance to read much on it. I know Jackie sent it over an article. I had people DM me about it. Right. There's already a you know spurred conversation on the forum about it, and people are, are really you know hyped about it. Is I it think officially passed? I mean, did they? they did yeah, they passed uh, in California. It, it, but it's waiting to see how basically how the NCAA responds, and then uh, from my understanding, like the, then they're going to kind of sort of play this out in terms of the, they're worried that a lot of these schools like won't be eligible then to go into the playoffs, go into these bowl games and things mm. like that because they, uh. they might block them uh, because of uh, allowing them. So what happened was now they've, they've advocated for the, the student athlete to be able to hire an agent and get endorsement deals. Uh, so now they can get paid. So they can get paid. Because okay, that was against the rules before. Yeah, and the argument is that every student on campus already has the ability to create a YouTube channel, to monetize their likeness, their uh, whatever. Yeah. Like they have the ability to, to 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 make money as also being a student, right? And going through that. Why why are you condemning the athletes uh, because of this old structure you have in place in terms of where the business? Oh, this is end interesting. So this is like in regards to things like YouTube and so oh, and, and yeah. taking on endorsements from like a shoe company. Where that yep. this doesn't yes. mean the colleges are going to pay the athletes to play no, football. No, this is all endorsement, uh, oh. uh, uh, which is brilliant. Now I like that. Yeah, I like exactly. I, I'm, I'm not. A, I've never been a big fan of the of the colleges figuring because then the, what's the difference between college and pro if you if you do that if you do it that I, way I right? think you can I think what you can you can see that uh, I, I if I'm not mistaken and we should look this up I wonder if this includes colleges I wonder if colleges then will will find a loophole and be able to find ways to pay people and so this is what this is where my brain of goes. course yeah now, of, now here's where my brain will goes. be if you're recruiting like a Zion right so if you got that kind of a kid he's already got you know five hundred thousand subscribers I'm I'm Duke University this is yeah. before we're saying before Zion came there. I'm Duke University. I see Zion. He's already a fucking phenom in high school. Yeah. He's already got you know a half a million followers on on YouTube. It, it would behoove you to. to I have a. Re I'm Duke University. I have a relationship with Apple. I yeah. have a relationship with Nike. I have a relationship with mm -hmm. you know Spalding. I got a, whatever fucking yeah, producers that will like create so this whole thing. For I rub. Him. I rub yeah. elbows with them, and maybe I I donate 
donate money to sure. Spalding. And maybe that's why the NCAA might kibosh this whole thing because they might say, this is only going to muddy the water for us. Oh, and it's, make a, it's opening up a can of worms, no doubt. I mean, the, the whole infrastructure is is going to change and implode. Like They're trying to wrap their brain around, if we allow this, you know, or if we do a hard stance against it, like they're they're kind of weighing both those options out. Like, what's Man, that going to do? A, I'm in a really, yeah. I don't know where I stand on this so because I, I like it. I, I because I think people should be open to. It, it, I think associations should be free. If you want to yeah. pay me and I want to accept your payment and it's voluntary, I think it's not a problem. Now, here's why I think Gavin Newsom passed it because I don't like that guy. But I, this is why I think he this passed is the one it. thing I like. He's done. Well, so. here's what I think. I'm thinking through Gavin Newsom's Newsom's uh, corrupt brain. And I think he's trying to make college colleges in California uh, give them an advantage over other colleges. Because if California colleges can now do this, we're going to start attracting yeah. more talent. They're oh, going to want to come here. Uh, Berkeley, USC, like some of the major schools, like fought him against that that bill being passed. Mm. So, well, because they probably the institution of it is making so much fucking money. That, and I think that it's going to make it very difficult to like what Sal brought up. Like, how are you now going to? How is it? If if the idea is that trying to keep these kids from getting paid while they're in college, and that's what they're trying to to limit, right? And we see this happening all the time where. Schools are getting blacklisted because of because of it, and it, it, we, everybody knows it goes on. Right, but you open up the opportunity for them to get paid uh, through things like YouTube and channels like that, and take endorsements. Then it's going to be really hard to track where that money is coming from and how the schools or may not be using that to manipulate right. and and still recruit now openly recruit them. So it's kind of like if you're going to go that route, you may as well open the whole floodgates and say mm -hmm. just allow them to buy and pay for athletes however just yeah. like you were in the in the NFL or the NBA. The current model, I don't know, for me being an athlete like going through like a real like you know like a smaller school version of of what these guys are, are dealing with they'll actually be making real money you know like after something like this we'll get endorsement deals because they know they have a chance of going to mm. the pros but that chance is so slim people don't understand how impossible it is to get to the next level they're putting their body on the line they're they're sacrificing a lot of their education while they're in school yep. it's a joke like that whole argument of them being able to get a college education, they do not get into college education unless they're like, uh, just like completely like a robot, like on campus, like trying to study and then do like they own you. Like it, it, it literally, I couldn't go out and, and do anything other than what, what I was doing like for practice and studying film and then like, like half-assed version of what I could have studied well, in class. The the interesting part is there's got to be a ton of pressure coming from also the NBA and the NFL because now that if you open up the doors to potentially pay these young athletes, now you're a direct competitor with us. Mm -hmm. Right now we're we're sisters. We're sisters. We're sister companies. Like you, you're a farm system for our company, and we mm -hmm. we make the big fucking money. I mean, you colleges are already making tons of money, and that's like it's like fair play. You're making a ton of money right now, but and then when we get them, we're gonna make even more money off of them. Opening the doors for the college to do that. Now you're dipping into. There's NFL. a lot of potential cronyism that yeah, uh, could yeah. result. It's from a this very. For sure. It's a very interesting. Uh, you know, it's a, a interesting situation that that we're in. And knowing what the right, I mean, so I think it's very simplistic to just say, oh, we should just pay them, like without really thinking about mm -hmm. all sure. the repercussions of that. Just like I think it's just as simplistic to say, don't pay them either. I think, well, it's, if we stop trying to control people, if we just stop thinking about what, what's better, you know, we got to do this because it's better for the whatever, stop trying to control people. If the kid 
wants to make money and someone wants to pay them and it's voluntary and everybody agrees, then fine. That's that's the that's rice. That's rice stand. It, fine, go for it. You know, for, instead of us trying to control everybody, mold everybody. Look, it works for them. It works for you. You like that? You like that deal? You you want to pay that kid? Yeah. Okay, here you go. You guys are cool. What the hell do I have to do? Why, why do I why do I got to jump in and tell you what you can and can't do? And it's all voluntary. You know what I'm saying? It's all nobody's getting hurt. Go for it. Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. Well, and now you can monetize your yourself on social media. That's you know I don't know why I didn't think about this. You know I saw on uh, that show what was it Undisputed? I, I think I said Undisputed last time and it wasn't that right. Is it Uninterrupted? Is it under, no Undisputed? That's what it is, right? With LeBron James, the one I wasn't a big fan of. Yeah, maybe that's he did. He signed the bill on there. So he came on that show. He, oh, that's right. Gavin Newsom was there with LeBron James. Yeah, he made a big deal out of yeah that. Yeah. So I don't know, dude. We'll, we'll see how this plays out. Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. But I have a feeling that the NCAA is going to kibosh it. And say nah. Mm. Of course. by MAPS Anabolic. If you're looking to maximize your overall muscle and strength, MAPS Anabolic is the perfect place to start. With a full 30-day money-back guarantee, there is absolutely zero risk. So what are you waiting for? Go to mindpumpmedia.com and get started today. It's the motherfucking quad. The eagle has landed. Our first question is from JP94. Can you guys talk about lifts that help improve the bench, squat, and deadlift? Oh, mm. good question. So other lifts that help the bench, squat, and deadlift. Now, one thing you want to you want to keep in mind is obviously um, the best lifts to improve your bench, squat, and deadlift are going to be the bench, squat, and deadlift. Right. There's mm-hmm. uh, the, the, what is it, the rule of specificity. Um, most of the adaptations and strength and performance that you get are directly, can be directly applied to the the thing that you're doing. So you get really, really good at riding a bike. Um, you'll gain stamina for other things, but most of the... the, the I believe it's actually a law, the law of specificity. Is it the law of specificity? Yeah. yeah. So this happens with fitness. So I'll say this before we get into other exercises. One of the best things I've ever done to get those specific lifts better besides doing more of those lifts is using progressive resistance tools like chains and bands. Game changers. I mean, I, I added... I don't know, 20 or 30 pounds on each of those lifts when I finally figured out how to incorporate bands. Now, can we, yeah. can we talk a little bit about where you think the, um, the the minimum dose of those exercises should be in a week if you're trying to improve them before you start? Because this is what I see. I, oh, I, I, oh, I hear what you're saying. So I, I, I hear questions like this a lot. And then, you know, let's say we say, oh, you know, well, doing, you know, dumbbell presses is gonna is also going to help your bench press. And then, then if I were to uh, look at somebody's programming, you know, because they heard that, oh, dumbbell presses are going to help that. You've got bench one day a week, you've got dumbbell press another day, and then you got and mm-hmm. you got like flies. And it's like, if you want to get better at your bench, you want to be benching more than one time a week. For sure. I would 100, say- 100%. 100% yeah, right? I would say uh, two days a week minimum, as much as three or four days a week, uh, in my experience training people. So that that's the point I want to make, is yeah. that even though we're going to talk about it, thing, other things that can complement these things- you definitely, it's just like, it's no different than the way we would talk to an athlete who says, I want to get better at soccer or I want to get better at football. 
you know, what exercises should I do? And mm-hmm. then if we go, oh, you should squat, you should do this, you should do that. And then they stop playing soccer as much to do yeah, all those exercises. Yeah. You'll actually go the other direction. Nothing's going to make them better at soccer than playing more soccer. Yeah. So right. that's why you- I think the direction you're going I would be my initial uh, thought in, in terms of like segmenting or like taking apart, you know, like some of those lifts. Like if, if I'm going to take, uh, my, where's the biggest sticking point for me? Is it, you know, at the bottom of the lift? Is it, you know, is it where, say if I'm bench pressing and, and I can't get that initial press off once I bring it all the way down, like that's, that's something I want to address with either an isometric exercise or, uh, you, you know, something else like variable resistance, like where it's a little bit lighter there, but then I can increase, uh, you know, the load. And so I can transition into that a little bit more effectively. So I, to that point, I also like, so I would just bench squat and deadlift more, but then I would, I would play with how I bench squat and deadlift. For example, there'd be a day uh, every week that's like working on my grinding strength. This is like, I'm heavy, I'm going heavy and I'm challenging my strength on one mm-hmm. day. Another day, I'm going very slow and controlled, very slow tempo, controlling the weight. Perfect form. And then another day, I'm speed. Another yeah. day, I'm going really light, and I'm explosive, and I'm going speed. That and, and I'm doing that with all three of these lifts, so I'm working on technique. It's the same movements. Yeah, same movements. Same Different movements, variations. all barbell, all everything, all the same, but I'm I'm, I'm working technique uh, one day and control. Another day, I'm working grinding and power. Another day, I'm yeah. working speed, uh, and then incorporating tools like Sal is saying, like change and bands uh, to mess with the strength curve of those movements that to me that those things alone is yep. uh, will probably improve your bench squat and dead then then searching for other exercises that have carryover into them. totally a lot of strength a lot of strength when you not talking about general strength I'm talking about strength as applied to specific physical pursuits a lot of it's skill and skill comes from practicing consistent and constant practicing of that lift, how to maximize your leverage, how to maximize your control and your power output. And so doing the lifts frequently, even if it's not heavy, is going to make you better. Basically, here it is in a nutshell. Even if you don't get any bigger muscles or your muscles don't contract any harder, so you're not getting any stronger generally, but you just get better at squatting, you just get better at squatting, you're going to squat more weight. I'll use Adam as a great example. Uh, Adam is by no means nearly as big as he's as the his biggest that he's ever been. He competed for for five years or four years, was on gear for a long time. Big muscular dude, um, arguably can squat uh, now as much as he did back then, if not more, at times during his career. And it's because you're squatting better, not because your muscles are bigger right. or necessarily stronger. Right, you just right. got better. So practicing the skill is a big a big component. Now that all being said, if you want exercises. That tend to benefit those. Um, I'll speak from experience, and I'll start with the, the squat. For me, one of the things that helped me the most with my back squat, um, where I noticed a lot of carryover, besides squat variations like other like box squats and stuff like that, um, split stance exercises. Bro, Bulgarian yeah. split squats had one of the best yes. carryovers to my squat. When I talk about the the you talk about the improvement of my squat since competing days and stuff. Uh, doing, getting good at Bulgarian split squats mm-hmm. and getting strong at them, and then going and doing, being able to plant, plant both feet on the ground after yeah. you got really good at one foot being planted on the ground. Boy, you make well some on that. Up. Yeah, in that respect, like looking at 
unilateral uh, type of exercises for their uh, their benefits in terms of like addressing maybe where there was uh, a bit of an imbalance or, or a there breakdown. Was, yeah, a breakdown mm-hmm. or compensation that may occur is very useful information. And so to be able to incorporate that and then also build more uh, stability around the joint. So that, that helps to address that a lot of times. So I'll I love like dumbbell bench uh, for in terms of bench, like with with either both or just one. Uh, And really that's because there's that added element, that added variable now where I have to do a lot more stabilizing uh, in terms of where the the load is pulling me in a lot more directions. So I I agree so much to do that. If I were to pick my three exercises to complement each one of these, it would be all the, the unilateral stuff. So it would be dumbbell bench press to complement the barbell bench press. It would be a Bulgarian split squat to complement my squat. And it would be a single single leg deadlift with dumbbells to complement my deadlift. Mm-hmm. You get good at you know, barefoot or in flat shoes and deadlifting On one uh, du- leg. Yeah, one leg off the ground with dumbbells. Watch what the fuck happens when you go back to putting both your feet on the ground yeah. and you try and rip that bar up. And to the point, like you're saying, Justin, as it really does address a, a lot of this discrepancies between one side and the other, which I think that we all have. It just, it, it, it's just it's on a spectrum. Some yeah. of us have a lot of discrepancy. So if you have a lot of discrepancy, getting really good at all the unilateral work is going to make a huge difference. Even if you have a little bit, it'll still improve. Yeah, it. for me, bench one two exercises I noticed contributed heavily to my strength on my bench. It was any, any incline press, uh, just because I neglected those for a long time. So as I, as I got stronger with my incline press, I got way more stable Agreed. on my flat bench. And then the other one was close grip bench presses. At one point, I got really, really good at a close grip bench press. And then going to a regular bench press was just so much uh, stronger. Uh, for the squat lunges, any type of a lunge, whether it's a, a walking lunge, a backstep lunge, or even a Bulgarian split stand squat, just having the, the torsion on the pelvis where one leg is behind, one leg is in front, you really notice if you have any differences between the right and left-hand side. And I noticed that when I got good at those and I'd go do my squat, I was just more stable. I was mm-hmm. way more stable, yes. more secure, and I was able to generate uh, more power. Now, for the deadlift, uh, interesting enough, I am noticing a lot of carryover from hip thrust, believe it or not. Hip thrust is actually giving me some pretty amazing um, carryover on my deadlift. And, and partially, I think this is because I never – did hip thrusts heavy? Never. I've done them as correctional work, and but I've never really trained them consistently with a lot of weight. And what I'm finding with my deadlift is I'm just I'm I'm pulling uh, with more strength and power, um, especially uh, when I start to get to that midpoint of the deadlift. Uh, from well, the hip it, thrust. it makes the most sense because you when you're in in a hip thrust you, when you're working against gravity that that initial getting the bar up off the ground. I mean, it takes all that that glute explosion right to get off the ground where deadlifting because there's a lot of leverage involved you can feel back you can feel hamstring and so you putting all that and the glute is the strongest Mm -hmm. part of our lower half so you putting a lot of focus on the getting those glutes to fire at the bottom early i would imagine it's going to have good carryover in your squat too yes you know i I think i mean i I think that's where the real value in that exercise is the carryover to those big movements i've never programmed it to where i put i'm so so i'm curious i'm watching you as you're going through it right now because I know this is probably the most you've ever hip thrusted. I've never, yeah, I'm I'm hip thrusting at least once a week, but probably more like twice a week right now. And I'll either use the Nautilus hip drive uh, machine or I'll do a traditional barbell hip thrust. And I'm really surprised at how strong um, I'm getting at the hip thrust. I mean, I can put 
and, and not to brag, by the way, I think it's so stupid when people post how much weight <laughs> they're lifting. Let's hear your numbers. Yeah, no. <laughs> Let's hear your hip that's thrust so, numbers. That's so ridiculous to me. It's like... <laughs> To stop bragging on that. Nobody cares. Do the rocks like yeah. like posting that now? You know why? Oh, no, really. You know what oh, yeah. it is? I'll yeah. tell you why. Because yeah, I'm ex- on, I'm experiencing this because you can get really strong at it, so it looks impressive. That's why it's just like a leg press. It's just like, like leg press. All, yeah, exactly. 100%. Look at all the weight I can do on the leg press. Nobody Not, cares. Yeah, nobody yeah. gives a shit. I know a lot of people that can put that much and do you know two inches of range of motion. But anyway, I am de- I'm definitely noticing a carry over on my deadlift because my deadlift was very back. For me, at least, I'm a very uh, back-dominant lifter. I have really, really strong hands. I have a really, really strong back. My lower back you know, is, is incredibly strong. And so that's where I get a lot of my strength for the, low, for, the, for the deadlift. But what I'm finding is I'm getting the hip drive now because of the hip thrust. So that's another, another good one. But you know, if you, here's the other thing I want to keep, you want to keep in mind. If you can identify any type of a mobility or imbalance in yourself, which is very different from person to person. So you may have, here's a big one. This, this one, actually, I can't even believe I didn't mention this one. This is a big one. Oftentimes, when I would get clients who would come to me who'd want to improve their strength in a lift like the deadlift, you know where the weakest link would be? In the stabilizer muscles of the, of the rotator cuff. And I would have them do rotator cuff exercises, mm-hmm. and they'd add like 15 pounds of the bench press. Like in a, like in a week or two, yeah. just because they're not realizing that their shoulder was so unstable that their body wouldn't let them push anymore. Right. Then we would do like basic because well, they have to compensate around that. Yeah, and we would do basic, you it's know, a loss of force. Yeah, you know, external rotation exercise, and then they'd go bench and like, whoa, yeah, ten more pounds on my bench or whatever. So that's another one. If you have any mobility or issues or imbalances in your body, and you go do mobility work and you work on the range of motion and connecting to them. You'll find that your, especially if it's individualized, because you know I can sit on the podcast and list all the different mobility movements, but it really depends on the individual. Yeah. And if you have a program like Prime Pro, you can actually take the test and find out what area you need to work on. Once you figure that out, work on those, and then you'll see improvements not just in your bench, squat, and deadlift, but in all the other lifts. Agreed. Next question is from Where's My Soul? Thoughts on an Olympic lifting-inspired phase of training, including things like power cleans, push presses, high pulls, clean pulls, penlay rows, etc., for muscle and strength gains. So we've we've incorporated high all pulls. but all but one of those, right? Uh, in our program, we haven't done clean cleans. That's it. That's uh, we, yeah, one. we've done high pulls. Yeah, we've done everything. Yeah, else. we've done everything yeah, else. They so they didn't mention snatch. So yeah. So power cleans are the only thing, and and honestly, it's it's there. It would be maybe the next one we may we may include, and it's just because the general population teaching it just takes a long. It's very high skill. It's very, all those those movements are high skill. Uh, power cleans for sure are snatches way up there. Uh, so I think it's. I think it's incredible. If you can, if you have good technique, Olympic lifting is fucking awesome. And mm. if you are at a point where you can actually do Olympic lifts with good form, one of the things that I have found, um, and that was something that was kind of cool, like the overhead squat that I can do now. Like I couldn't do that just two, three years ago. And what I have found by making sure I incorporate that occasionally in my routine, it kind of keeps me mobile mm-hmm. and, yeah. and, I, and I like that about Olympic lifts like you've got to be hyper mobile and strong to do a lot of these lifts but the the fear that I have of giving someone the green light on this and not knowing who's ta- who's asking this question is that in in my you know two decades of training clients I can count on one hand uh, how many clients were in a place to to do Olympic yeah lifts. you got to have stellar movement and right. he, he, I mean that's that's nothing to to balk at like you it doesn't matter 
you know, whether or not, like if you go through all these strength phases, you get really strong. Uh, like this is a completely different animal to, to approach. Yeah, it's, it's, not, the, it's the sport of lifting weights. Yeah it's, yeah, it's not like you're like, oh, I've been lifting weights for five years. I'm strong. I can do all these now. No, no you can't. You no. got to practice and no, learn them first. Power lifters, yeah. like they're going to fucking suck at these exercises. Mm-hmm. And that's that's just because it's a completely different uh, approach. It's it you have to have the ability to to be loose and in and flow with with the bar in a sense like create the 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 optimal bar path and then move your body around that but still have that uh, same ability to generate the the type of force that like a power lifter can on command. So it's like the combination of, uh, you know, your yogi guy that you make fun of as a power lifter uh, with the power lifter, but now harmoniously, uh, you know, making the symphony out of that together. And it's just like, it's, it's a really bizarre thing, but it, that's why it's such, it's, it's revered to me. Like these movements, they don't get enough uh, like they're not put up enough in terms of like being unapproachable. Like you really have to do your work to get to that level. It's the pinnacle. Totally. If if a barbell squat was a ten in terms of uh, technical difficulty, right. uh, an Olympic lift uh, would be like a charts. snatch would be a hundred. Yeah. You know, it's like <laughs> ten times. And a squat takes a long time to get good at. So that being said, if you if this is a, if you're an appropriate person to do these uh, exercises, so you're fit, you've got no no joint pain, you've got good mobility. And you approach them uh, appropriately in the sense that you practice them, you learn the technique and the skill. These exercises can be total game changers. It's yeah. they really can. But you, it's yeah, also, they're amazing. It, it's a very small percentage of people, though. Again, ten year to twenty years now, almost of training clients, and I can count on one hand right. how many people were ready for for this. Now act. you can you can gain some of the you can gain a lot of the benefits of the explosiveness that comes from these movements. With exercises that are easier to learn, not easy, but easier to learn, like a kettlebell swing. A kettlebell swing is a great way to learn or utilize explosive hip hinging, way less technical than sure. the Olympic lifts. Um, still technical, still takes a lot of time to, to really learn how to do it properly, but just it's a lot easier. A push press, you know, if you have good technique, good form, and you practice it, you know, easier uh, to learn. Penlay row, easier to learn than the classic Olympic lifts, but there's definitely a place for explosive lifting with advanced lifters who approach it properly. If you do it the right way, I, I would you wanna, are going to gain some muscle I would want to see uh, a good squat, a good deadlift, and a really good overhead press and really good mobility before I want would want one of my clients. Sure, to there's do definitely this. a hierarchy of things, right there. Right? Those I want to see that those things. If I we have got the we have squatted enough times, you've got a really pretty squat. We've push press or we've done shoulder overhead press enough times. You've got a really good overhead press. You've got a really good looking deadlift. And I know you're mobile. You have good mobile, good ankle mobility, good hip mobility, good shoulder mobility. Fucking A, let's do some Olympic lifts mm-hmm. because this would be a, a fun person. And then even then, we're starting with a stick. Yeah. You know, we're starting with a stick and now working technique before we start to load the bar. And then we progress and move from there. A, a normal person who's in the gym just working out that. You know, hey, I'm, I hate to say this, but fucking all of us are fucked up, man. Most people sit at desks all day long or on computers all day long. We've got all these imbalances and issues going. And then going into Olympic lifts before you've really mastered some of the, the, the core movements and, and worked and addressed mobility, not a fan of it. No, bro. It's like going, it's like entering into a Formula One race when you never learn how to drive a car. Right. You know, it's a whole different animal. It takes a lot more skill and it can get real dangerous. Yeah. yeah. 
Next question is from Thunderbolt. I have a detached garage and I turned it into a gym. I'm in the Northeast and the winters are rough. My garage has no heat. Are there any dangers as far as injuries when working out in freezing temperatures? <laughs> oh, I love I love this question. Uh, first and foremost, training in it's like Rocky uh, uh, training in, uh, in, in, in yeah, where's Rocky in the freezer? Right? For Rocky, don't get yeah, excited, yeah. Oh, I'm the boss, I'm oh the boss. man, the scene yeah. where he's fucking jogging up the hit of the mountain and he's oh he's Drago. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's got yeah. me pumped. No, here's here's the thing. Um, <laughs> Are there risks associated with training in more extreme temperatures, whether it be heat or cold? Definitely. With heat, um, you can get, you know, you can overheat, you right. can become dehydrated, you can pass out. With cold, um, the central nervous system tends to tighten things up. Uh, in injuries like muscle pulls and strains tend to be more common. Of course, in extreme conditions, uh, you know, you could, you could get hyperthermia or whatever. But here's the deal. If you're okay, uh, if you treat it um, with a lot of respect... If you go outside in the freezing temperature and you're bundled up and you start to peel things down as you warm up, if you wear gloves so you don't freeze your hands to the bar, I actually had a client who did that once when I lift, tried to lift weights Froze and the hands to the bar? and no, I just he hurt his hands because the bar was so cold and and you know especially if you sweat and you get sweat stuck to cold metal, not a good thing. Oh, that's um, interesting. So, but if you treat it all you Sorry, know very Lord. carefully, you're not going to hit your best PRs. You're not going to have necessarily your best workouts, but you are going to train yeah. your body. You're going to gonna build some grit. Fuck yeah. And and you know, the, the body's ability to acclimate to temperature, it's a muscle, just like your biceps and your triceps, and you can get better at it by training this way. And some of my most fondest memories of working out has to, are all revolved around working out in, in hot weather out in my backyard in California, out in the sun, having to take my shirt off, having to pour water on myself while I'm working out. Like, those were some of my absolute favorite workouts. So there are some risks. You got to treat it. You got to you got to be smart about it. Yeah, spend a little bit of time warming up, right? I think I think there's a lot a lot more value to this. This is where it does make sense. Like you see people that do like the generic warm up when they come in the gym. You know, yeah. that's perfectly temperature, right? Like they go in and they do the ten minute warm up, mm -hmm. like you used to have your clients do. Uh, th this has value to that. Like if you're, it's fucking, you know, 10 below and you're in your garage, you can see your breath, like getting a nice little 10 minute warm up and getting the heart rate going and getting your body temperature up and then getting into your exercise yeah. makes total sense to me. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm trying to think. I just, well, you played football, yeah. Justin. What about when you played, because football, they don't fucking cancel games for no, shit, you can't. right? <laughs> and there's this one time and I, I've definitely, we've definitely been thrown outside to lift weights in like extreme conditions too, just because our coach was kind of a dick sometimes and was like, you know. Uh, you guys need to, you know, bear it and, and deal with it. And like, I mean, half of half of football is like, uh, you know, that that mental discipline in that I can overcome all these, uh, you know, obstacles, whatnot. So I remember vividly there was this one time. So we practice sometimes just with our, our shoulder pads on our helmet, but we wear shorts. And so this is sort of like light contact kind of day, like you do drills and stuff, but like it's getting close to, to, to game week. And so we're outside and the weather was fine. It was like, I, I want to say like, you know, 65, something a little brisk. Uh, and all of a sudden, like a weather front comes in, lightnings, all this stuff, hail started to go, which the lightning stopped. We, we normally had to cancel practice only because of lightning, because that was a risk. But it started to hail and then quickly turned into like like freezing winds and the wind chill, like 
I, I can't even tell you, like, that's the coolest I've ever been in my entire life. It felt like... <laughs> that's how you lost your left nipple? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Explain so much. Poor, yeah, poor lefty, man. He, he suffered the, the, the cause there. We're, <laughs> we're outside in shorts, and, and we're just like, like, that was the only time where I'm like, I'm not much of a complainer. But like, I was like, dude, this is ridiculous. Like, can we go get some Under Armour on or something, you know? And, and like the coach is out there and he's in like a t-shirt and, and shorts and just like, like loving it. Like, like looking at us in the aisle, like stick your face in it, you know, stick your face in it. And I'm just like, I don't know about that, dude. Like I'm dying. He made us stay an extra hour of practice just to kind of like prove a point that, that the human body can withstand uh, the elements like that. And like, so again, like there's another level. (laughs) I I think there's value in that kind of like the, the Dr. Andy Galpin sort of mentality where it's like, sometimes, you know, you can, you can push the envelope to see that there is, you know, more capacity, more uh, ability to, uh, you know, get through, uh, you know, more of this, this extreme. And uh, I think it really did like, you know <laughs> it what? sucked, but it was, it was good. There's something to be said about the mental uh, toughness that you develop through resistance training. Even if you work out in a climate controlled gym, that's part of your training. Part of the training that you get is you get acclimated to pain. You get acclimated to struggle. You know, when you get a new client who's never lifted weights and they're like, oh my God, I can't do it anymore. But you as a trainer who I know, exa- I almost, I could always come down to the to rep. I know exactly how many more reps a person has especially after I've trained them for a month or so. I could tell like, oh, you actually have five more reps. People are like, I can't do anymore. And I'd be like, you have like 10 more reps. They're just not used to the pain. They don't have that mental toughness uh, mm-hmm. anymore. And that that gives you a lot of value in everyday life. Like you go train in the gym, you lift heavy things, you get stronger. You know, life doesn't seem as hard when you go do things in, in everyday life. It just makes you tougher. So throwing an element like this, I don't know about you guys, but for me, when I can see my breath, it's cold and I can see it, or if I'm sweating so much because it's hot, I get another. There's another gear that turns on, yeah. and it all of a sudden makes me, I don't know. I thrive this a little is where bit. Where anger that. helps. Yes, yeah. and you have those yeah. better workouts, you know. So, so I'll say, you know, are there risks uh, for injuries? Yeah, do a proper warm up. Uh, be careful. Uh, put on a coat or whatever. But nah, man, it's gonna make you tougher. Get it. Next question is from Kelly Ryan. I would love to hear your point of view on private school versus public school. Oh, yeah. so I picked this question Ooh. because you, this last week you got a, you got one a question right? Yeah, yeah, I had a question in my and 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 I got a ton of DMs afterwards, and I basically told everybody that was DMing me go put it on the claw. You know, at one point we'll address this. And before we answer this question off air, Sal looked at me and it was just like, please be careful when you answer this question. And I don't, I don't understand what that means. So, I'm just gonna, <laughs> you never do. I'm just, so, gonna, yeah. I'm just gonna say how, how careful. Mo- First of all, because it's because it's it's politically charged. That's it why. is. Yeah. I know, and, and, and I'm kidding. I know why he said that. Um, because I, for some reason, people take this so personal. Um, if if you if you decide that you're you're adamant about putting your kid in private school, like it's like you're like I'm shaming all public school teachers and all people that go to public schools. I went to a public school. My mom is a public school teacher. My best friend is a public school principal. Uh, it's I'm not shaming it. And by the way, all of them, if they could put their kids through pri- private school, would. Uh, and it's simply this: it's I they they're in a, a community. And here's t- another thing too: there, yes, there are 
public schools that are out there that probably outperform certain private schools. There's probably exceptions to the rule. There's probably some place in the country where this public school is right down the street from some private school and the students there excel more and it does well. There's always exceptions to every rule. So what I'm saying isn't like, you know, fact that this is a rule across the board everywhere. It's just that for the most part, you in a private setting, you have smaller classrooms where the, the teacher has more attention to the students. The curriculum seems to stretch the students further. The things that they can offer to the students, like programs like robotics and things like that, don't always exist in schools like like public schools. And then I'm going to say some shit that's going to sound elitist and somebody's going to fucking get all butthurt about it. But here's the thing. I, I have a lot of people that I'm the age of now that went to schools like Bellarmine and these, these very nice private schools here. And then I have a lot of friends that have gone to public schools. And one of the things that I noticed on my, my friends that went to these private schools is, you know, a lot of them ended up with some really fucking big jobs and their friends all got hooked up with these really big jobs. And there's a selfish part of me that wants to put my son through a school where he's connected to potentially other kids that go on to do great things for that relationship. And that's just, if I'm in a position to do that and I can afford to do that, like I want to do that. Mm. And I, I didn't go to one. I went to a public school. I made it all right. And so I don't think that my son wouldn't be okay if he went to public school. But uh, part of why I worked so hard and I waited until my late thirties to have a child was because I wanted to provide that opportunity for him. And it doesn't mean that I'm not aware that there's probably spoiled brats that go to those schools and kids that there's, there's probably there's a higher shit, there's shitty kids there's, in L schools. There's probably a, a higher you know addiction to things like pills. Like you know, uh, I, I'm sure I'm sure all that stuff exists. I, I don't look at it for those things. I look at it for the the ability mm. for relationships and connections and for the the education that's more one on one with the with the uh, teachers. And I just personally uh, want to be able to send my kid through it. No, no. Here, here's it, it. All boils down to this for me, uh, because my I've put my kids in private schools, and this is what it boils down to. I have a choice. I have more choices in private schools. Public school doesn't give you a fucking choice. You got to send your kid to the school that's in your district. You can't choose to go to a different school. It's one of the most unequal things that you'll ever find in this country. If you want to talk about disparity, wealth disparity, and all that shit. Public school. Go to a public school in some of the, the hardest neighborhoods in this country and compare them to the public schools in Beverly Hills over here in Los Gatos, California, or Palo Alto, and what you'll see is total different, completely different. Now, I wish it's a public service. Everybody pays taxes for Most people pay tax. Not everybody, but you, we all pay taxes into it. It's public service. I wish parents had a fucking choice. You know, if I'm a single mom and my kids are, they got to go to school at this fucking shitty ass high school over here in this neighborhood that I can't afford to move anywhere else. I wish I could take my tax money that they're, because the school receives the tax money for my kid. This, my kid goes to that school. The, the state pays them money for that school. And by the way, the average public school in California gets something like twelve or $14,000 a year per student. Okay. 12 to 14, some of them even more in, in some states, as high as fifteen, sixteen thousand dollars $16,000 a year. In, 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 in money from the state will pay for your kid to go to school. I wish that they would just give you the money. Here's your $15,000, Mrs. Johnson or Mr. Whatever Smith. Now you can pick what school you want to send your kid. But they don't let you do that. You got to go to the fucking school that you live nearby. And I, I like choice. You and, know? You, and you might be lucky. You might be right by an amazing public school with amazing teachers. Yeah, because your house is $3 million and you live <laughs> yeah. in a... You know, you know what I'm saying? So the way I look at it, I like choice. When I go to the, when I go to the store... 
to buy eggs. I want to buy the eggs I want to buy. I don't want to buy the eggs that the government says I have to buy because I live in a neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? I like to choose. So if I want more of a uh, if I want more of a moral teaching in the school, if I want more of a religious teaching in my school, if I want a school that's heavier into science or maybe one that's art centric, mm. um, I have to go to a private school. Right. And they they exist. These these schools exist. If you have a kid that doesn't fit in the standard model of uh, public school or especially the school that you live nearby. Let's say your kid is super artistic and needs to learn things kinesthetically. I mean, you can go and you can petition the school and go through this freaking rigmarole bureaucracy bullshit that nobody has time to do. Or if you have the money, you could pick a private school that caters to that kind of student. And you know right. what happens to these private schools if they don't do a good job? They're out of business. Yeah. You know what happens to public schools when they do a bad job? Nothing. They ask for more money yeah. and they usually get it. You know, when public schools do a shitty job, they, the, the state looks at them and says, oh, this school's doing a bad job. You know why they're doing it? And this is what it always turns into. Why are you guys doing a bad job? We're not getting enough money. All right, give them more money. By the way, the money doesn't ever go to the teachers who, who arguably uh, should get more of the, the money. the most important part. Yeah, they give, it goes to their, their, their insane bureaucracies and in, 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 you know, school union leaders and all that bullshit. No, man, it's a fucked up system. You know, California used to have a, a voucher system. Um, in, in certain areas. In California, school systems are one of the best in the country. And a voucher system is literally what I said, where you want to send you, the, the state gives you a voucher, you pick the school. And so what ended up happening is the good schools got all the money, the bad schools lost money. And so they had to adapt and whatever. But it doesn't work that way anymore. Now I got to send my, you know, so that's it for me. It's not that I think generally private schools are better than, than public schools or there's, superior in, in other ways. Well, they're better for that reason. I mean, I, reason. I, I have no idea what private school that he will go to. But when it gets to that point, to your point about, you know, if my son's into robotics, there's a certain school here that's known for that. If, if my son's into art, there's a school for that. Right. If, if they have an incredible athletic department, there's a right. school, you know, and I can pick that. I can, can go... I could go, man, son. You you fucking love doing this. I love that I can I can send you to a school that's even better than everybody else in this area. And, and, and private I'm, schools are very receptive too because they're private. So if I have an issue or I want to make a suggestion or, and I go and I talk to the principal, they're very receptive. I have dealt firsthand with public schools. I have a lot of family members. My mom is also a public school teacher. I've went through the public school system. I have siblings in it. I had clients whose kids were in it. I had a client whose, whose, whose child was in public school and it wasn't working for them. And I actually went because I trained this kid. So I had to go and talk to the bureaucracy of getting this kid to change class. And, and it was a fucking nightmare. Yeah. You, you can't even, it's like the DMV, you know, where, you, you, where you're like, I can't believe that this, that this bureaucracy exists. This is insane. Um, I forgot, there was one school district where this one woman got, uh, she got uh, elected to be the, the, you know, in charge of it all. And she went into this warehouse that the school was storing things and found the kids didn't have books or, or pencils. So the teachers had to pay for them out of pocket. She goes to a warehouse where the school forgot that they had stored a bunch of books and pencils. And it's just an in, completely inefficient system, you know? So I, that's why I want the choice. Yeah. I just want to be able to choose in, in public schools. Unfortunately, they don't give you that. I have to move if I want to choose, and, and yeah. that doesn't always work. So You guys make a lot of sense. My kids are in public school. <laughs> <laughs> I just got lucky, man. I mean, it's one of the best uh, in California in terms of uh, you know ratings and the community aspect is, is bar none. Uh, my kids specifically have not 
revealed any very specific skill that uh, they're trying to work towards or like, uh, you know, like something that a public or a private school would foster more of, uh, you know, an intensified curriculum towards. So for me, it's it's a matter of like what they have is is very rich in in uh, community centric and all the parents are there constantly on campus no, that's and, great. and they all contribute to if there's a problem with like a deficiency in books everybody p- pays for it in the community. It's well, not, this is a this is so, one of the perks of sometimes being in a smaller type. It's town. smaller. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, that, I, that's what I love about it. I grew up the same way. T- I grew up in a town where there was one high school. You know, so every, there tends to be way more. So, so everybody gave a fuck about that high school. It's yeah, the only gives a fuck because even the rich kids were there, the poor kids were there. Every all the kids were there. It was the only school, the only option that you. So even the, the nice neighborhoods and the poor neighborhoods are all going. Yeah. So everybody bands together to make sure that the kids. But are if there's care shenanigans, like okay, in the current climate of what's going on in the world, like if there's like certain things being taught and like sex, sex education, like changes and like all these things radically, you know, come in based off political agendas and whatnot. Boink, I'm out. Yeah. yeah. And you're not going to be able, because you won't have much say. Yeah. You know, you won't. I will say this about education. Um, I think of all the things that we can invest in, um, uh, and I'm talking from the state, uh, education seems to have a, a decent return. We tend to be super inefficient with, you know, government run programs, but education's got a good return. So I do support uh, public education. I just think we need more, more choice. And now that being said, Education is going to change radically, whether we like it or not. Um, yeah, it's the information has become so decentralized. I might, yeah, I might unschool mine like Ben Greenfield. Dude, it's out there and it's all free. Right. It's, That's an option now. It's crazy. It yeah. is. I mean, you you could watch videos and learn things online and have access to things um, for almost for free. And and the te- and tech is changing so quickly that it's almost becoming obsolete to go and take a a structured you know program anyway. It's better off to go real specialized anyway. So I think in 15, 20 years, this is going to be an interesting conversation. I think education is going to be very di- – in as little as two decades, in my opinion. And with that, go to mindpumpfree.com and download some of our guides. They cost nothing, and we got a ton on there. They're all free. You can also find all of us on Instagram. You can find Justin at Mind Pump Justin. You can find me at Mind Pump Sal and Adam at Mind Pump Adam. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.